everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Today, we'll see how our ordinary and even messy moments can become platforms for the miraculous with my special guest, Carrie Pomeroli. I am so excited about our conversation and to hear more about her brand new book, Confessions of a Proverbs 32 Woman. I'll introduce Carrie in just a second. If you missed last week's episode, be sure to listen to Moving Mountains and Failing Forward, where I shared about my experience climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and my up-close and personal encounter with a baboon. Yes, I said a baboon. Next month, I'm going to introduce you to a couple of my, my favorite fearless women in the Bible. I wrote about their stories in my latest Bible study, Fearless Ordinary Women of the Bible Who Dare to Do Extraordinary Things. So if you're ready to find your fearless and step into God's call on your life, you will love them. I'm also honored that my friend, author, speaker, and recording artist, Tammy Trent, will join us to share about learning to breathe again after the loss of her husband, Trent. And at the end of the month, author and worship leader, Carrie Cardinale, will encourage us to get real with God, sharing her past struggle with the sexual identity and the restoring power of God's grace. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, reach out to me at AngelaDonatio.com, and we would love to have you. And I'll be speaking March 7th in Houston, Pennsylvania at the Reclaim Women of Purpose Spring Tour. And I would love to see you if you're in the area. You can register at the link in my show notes, or you can find out all the info at my website. All right, well, let's get ready to meet Carrie. Carrie Pomeroli is a writer, a comedian, a speaker, and the ultimate Proverbs 32 woman. I absolutely love that. She tours nationwide with clean comedy at top Christian and secular venues. She has been featured on The Tonight Show 29 times, as well as made appearances on Comedy Central, ABC, and more. She's known as Hollywood's favorite God girl. She frequently shares about her faith while living in LA with her two daughters. Welcome, Carrie. I'm so grateful you are here with me today. I'm excited to be here. Well, I am absolutely loving your book. You know, we have something in common, and that is that we both... Um, love Africa and say that it has wrecked us. So I'm yes. your chapter on that. And I know people probably may, um, a lot of people probably know who you are, but for those who don't tell us a little bit about you. And if you want to mention any of that about your trip to Africa as well. Oh, sure. Um, well, I live in Sodom and Gomorrah out here in California. I'm one of the four, <laughs> one of the four Christians that are out of the closet. Um, we have a club. <laughs> Uh, I've lived in California for the last 20 years, but I'm a Michigan girl with a very Southern Alabama mother. So I'm a mm. half breed Yankee, half breed Southern, but, um, <laughs> I love what I do. I, I'm a stand-up comedian. I, uh, am a writer. I just recently started writing movies for the Hallmark channels. So I saw that on your website. That's so exciting. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love writing. I love telling stories. So if it's on stage and I love talking about Jesus and I have two little, tax write-off rugrat daughters. Uh, one is 12 going on 35 and one is nine. Mm. Uh, Ruby, Ruby is nine and Lucy's 12. And I, I do stand-up comedy and I do ministry and I do corporate events. So I just serve God wherever the heck he tells me to go that day. Mm, and amazing. I'm a single mom and I'm a single mom and I'm an author. And my, uh, my 
two books uh, that you're talking about, Confessions of a Proverbs 32 Woman, and also She Rises Late and Her Kids Make Her Breakfast, Professions, <laughs> Proverbs 32 Woman Devo. Um, and I then, read that title know, with my husband last night. He literally started laughing out loud. Uh, yeah, because like, it's- That is so funny. I'm like, I'm never going to plow. I'm never going to rise early, and I'm never <laughs> going to gather my food from afar. I'm like, that's takeout. But- um, <laughs> Yeah. So I love making people laugh, but you know, if I do my job right, they'll cry a little, but mm. you know, back several, many, many years ago, I was asked to do a fundraiser for Jeanine Maxwell's organization, Heart for Africa. And she was a businesswoman that got really wrecked and went to Africa and then kept going back and kept going back. And now she lives there. And before the fundraiser, I would have been definitely more of a manicure ministry person. Mm. I would be like, let's, do a fundraiser and I don't want to do manual labor. Um, but God put it on my heart to potentially talk to her about going on a mission trip. And it was probably my first real big, like international mission trip. And I was terrified. And, um, we ended up serving some orphans over there and I did get wrecked. I mean, Mm. I was probably the comic relief on that trip because I kept telling everybody I was getting malaria for sure. (laughs) But there was a moment when I was standing in a field in Africa with a rake. And I just looked up to heaven and I just know that there was a comedy show of angels, mm-hmm. like going, get a load of this one. Uh, don't ever tell God where you won't go. Like Jonah, mm-hmm. you'll end up in a fish or like Carrie, yeah. you'll end up in Africa. But I wrote about it in the book because I feel so passionate that we are in such a uber photoshopped Instagram perfect world that if we don't get outside our comfort zones, we're going to start to believe that all that stuff is real. Mm. And the through line message of my ministry and my books are we got to take that mask off. And we have to believe that God is bigger than what we see. There's a whole spiritual world going on around us. Mm. And to be effective, we really need to see God in 3D. And that's usually not from our cell phones. Mm. I love that. See God in 3D. And I there's something you said in that chapter that reminded me there's a Sarah Groves song about her experience in Africa. And she said, I saw what I saw and I can't forget it. And I think you said I mean, something Sarah similar. Groves yeah. is my favorite, one of my favorite Christian singers. And oh. when I hear her, I just am on the floor sobbing. Yeah. Like I am sobbing because she's so real and she's so mm. raw. And it's like, yeah, I can't unsee that. But you know what? We can't forget and we can go back to our busy daily lives and what's important to us. And, you know, the, the, and God cares. Like I'm a single mom of two daughters and I'm buying a a house. Hmm. It's okay that I get to have a house. Like he's like, I want to bless you, but it's just a matter of like, where's your posture and where does it, where's the root of everything? It better come back down to God. That's so true. The posture and priorities, and it will definitely change your priorities. I love this quote because what we want to do in this podcast is really talk about how even in those everyday moments, like you said, I'm a single mom, I'm buying a house, I'm making a living, I'm, you know, we're just doing all the things. We're very busy women trying to create margin and space for, right. for God to speak. But um, we can still look for his fingerprints and his miracles, even in, you know, our ordinary or our messy moments. And I love this quote that you have in that chapter. Please help me not forget you're still in the miracle business and your love has no borders. Amen. You know, whether that's another country, some people will never travel outside the States. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just doing what God has called you to do. And like you said, living life, you know, in 3D. And, and I know that you face some challenges and overcome them in your life. And you talk about some of that in this book. Can you share about maybe one of those seasons with us? 
Yeah, I think the biggest one that I always love to t- discuss is, you know, I was out there doing ministry, doing comedy, praying for people, uh, really, really experiencing miracles. I saw incredible things in my lifetime. I've seen physical miracles. I've seen emotional miracles. Um, so my faith really you know, never had any limits of what God could do. And I gave birth to a little baby nine years ago named Ruby Joy. And she was diagnosed with everything you could imagine that was incurable. Um, Chromosome disorders, special needs, mental disabilities, heart problems, lung problems. Uh, You can't find it on YouTube. You know, there's no healing videos for what she was diagnosed with. And I really had a choice to accept the world's diagnosis of my child, to buy that t-shirt, And that's okay. Like if Mm -hmm. I had done that, there would have been no shame in it. God would have blessed me. Sure. But because I am kind of more of a pit bull believer and the people around me were like, we don't have to believe that just because nobody else has been healed of these things (laughs) that God can't do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if my kid had been born with one leg, would I pray for another leg? Probably. I mean, Mm. so it's like, where's the limit? If your kid's born with cancer, everybody prays. If your kid's born with diabetes, everybody prays. But what if your kid's born with chromosomes or special needs Hmm. or birth defects? I mean, they don't pray. They just feel sorry for you. And they give you a pat on the back and say, do the best you can. But I wanted more. Why do you think that is, Carrie? You know why? I think it's a double stronghold. I think that Uh. we only have faith in what we've seen. You know, like you can Hmm. have faith to cure cancer, but like there's chemo. But what if I'm like, there's no, there's nothing cure. Right. And so some people got on the team and the bus took off and we started praying and she was born with a hole in her heart. And then God supernaturally healed that. Hmm. And then, um, you know, six months later, they had her on oxygen to breathe and a pulmonary hypertension, heart problem and lung problem. God healed that too. And that was awesome. And it's a matter of like, it's been a, it's been a walk, but I was like, I'm going for the whole thing. I'm mm-hmm. going for the chromosomes. I want it gone. Mm. So if you really believe in something, then you don't buy the shirt. I never told mm. my kid she had special needs. I never told her she couldn't do anything. So when it was time for her to crawl, she crawled. Like wow. when it was time for her to walk, she walked. Maybe it wasn't exactly on time. Maybe it wasn't to the perfection of like the growth charts, but what I've learned is that kid is a miracle every mm. single day. I've watched her grow. She's nine. She's in regular school. She's in a Christian school and the Christian school was like, we're not going to put limits on your child. We welcome her. Mm. And this is a child that they said is going to be mentally disabled and will not be going to regular school. And I said, watch me. I said, my God is bigger and it wasn't overnight and it hasn't been completed yet. But God said, you have to have faith before you see it. You Mm. have to walk it. You got to talk it. You got to own it. And every day I still wake up and I'm like, Lord, maybe today's the day. But in the process, Mm. I've started a ministry. I've connected with other families all around the world. We've connected We have a website called healingforchromosomes.com. I have used what the devil meant for bad to further the kingdom of God. I've used it to throw it in the devil's face and say, you don't get to win. No, yes, Mm. it's hard and it's not easy. And sometimes we get quick miracles and sometimes we don't, but I'm not going to stop fighting. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop advocating 
and believing that my God is an awesome God and he can do whatever he sets his mind to. And he made me a promise that he would do it. So every day I'm just walking out this kid, she's doing gymnastics, Mm. ballet, uh, hip hop. She's hilarious. (laughs) She's funny. (laughs) The world might look at me and be like, you're nuts because she still looks like, you know, she has a syndrome or she still has symptoms. I'm like, I'm not looking at the symptoms. I'm looking at what the Lord tells me to look at. And we're on a journey. I don't know when Mm -hmm. it's going to end, but the Lord does. And he doesn't want me to quit. Well, and I mean, that's just so inspiring. Thank you, Carrie, for sharing that. And what I was hearing as you were saying that too, is, you know, God gives us the grace to walk through our journey. I think sometimes people on the outside looking in, it's, it's not their journey. It's not what God has called them to do. It's not their walk. And so maybe they don't know how you could do it or how are you approaching it that way. But if God calls you to do something, he gives you that grace for it. And it's just evident that he's giving you the grace to, to not only raise your, both of your girls, but to believe in the full potential of their promise. I was like, Lucy, I know you're only three, but you got to pray for your sister. Like, mm. And so Lucy's been a prayer warrior. Lucy's been a leader. Lucy's been a big sister. But Lucy gets angry sometimes at her sister, just like any other sisters. And there's a temptation for me to be like, oh, well, maybe she's being extra stubborn because that is harder for her, you know, but I'm Mm -hmm. not doing it. I'm not doing it for one second. It's just been raising my kids in a supernatural environment to be like, God's doing a miracle and we get to watch. And when Ruby, they said she wasn't going to talk right or whatever. When she was four years old, I would teach her how to say Ruby is healed. Ruby Mm. is Ruby. And last year, no, two years ago for the talent show, she just read all of these declarations. Like I am the head. I am the tail. I'm not the tail. I'm happening. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm like out there bawling my eyes out. Of course. Yeah. And I'm like, get it. And so now if she slurs her speech, we take her to speech therapy. Like we just treat it per symptom. And I just have to have faith. I'm like, Lord, uh, I need you. I need you to infiltrate this situation. And he does. And it definitely keeps you in a place of dependency on the Lord. I mean, I've had major health crises in my life, not my children's lives, but from, from walking it out myself, those, you know, those new things that come up, or like you said, we have a symptom, we treat it. Like it, it really does keep you in a daily dependency on God for his grace, strength, mercy, wisdom, all that per day, which I think sometimes we don't have those kind of challenges. We just tend to go on with life as if we don't need him. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I think that, yeah. And that's why people in Africa impressed me so much because when they needed rain, they would pray for rain and it just happened. Mm. And there was a boy over in Africa and this video is on YouTube where he had rickets and he wasn't walking and he wasn't, they weren't planning on him walking. I don't know what the deal was, but we all prayed. And I saw right before my eyes him start taking steps. Wow. And I'm freaking out. And the women in Africa are like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, <laughs> we have so many things at our disposal here in the States that are not in Africa or other countries. So when Jesus is all you have, Jesus is all you need. You know what I mean? And we have so many other things that I feel like he's sometimes our last resort and not our first defense. I am so guilty of that. And I write a lot about that in the book. And I'm like, what am I going to do to protect myself from making God secondary? Like mm. I'll be listening to my audio Bible and then I'm like surfing Facebook. Yeah. And I I'm know. like, okay, God, I mean, I can do both. I'm a multitasker, but God's like, really Carrie, you know, 
or, you know, just like, God, I'll be with you in a second, but I got to make a couple of phone calls yeah. and I want to make sure I get my verses in. So I'm going to read my Bible, but you know, and then as soon as I'm done, I'm off to go. But God's like, that's not even what I'm about. I'm about you living a life and trusting me and talking to me and I'll go with you on your errands and I'll go with you on your walk. And it's not about this sedentary appointment with me every day. Mm. And you mentioned that you, to, to kind of ping off of that, you have a chapter called 22 Minutes that I, I just loved in your book. And it kind of mentions this, how we tend to like put God on a checklist. I read my verse for the day. I X, X, you know, X, Y, and Z it's done. And can you just share, I thought that was such a poignant. Yeah. Um, I mean, God is not yoga class, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go in and get my fill and then I'm good. And then I'm out. I mean, and I am still guilty of that all the time, mm. you know, but I was leaving for a trip and I believe it was like four in the morning and my little four-year-old came up to me in the middle of the night and she knew I was leaving and she was like, cuddle mama, cuddle. And, uh, I was like, yeah, like let's cuddle. And I was looking at my clock and it was 22 minutes until I had to go catch my taxi. And I could not let go of her. I was mm. emotional. I was loving her and sad to leave her all these emotions for 22 minutes. And God was like, Carrie, that's how I feel about you. Like, mm -hmm. that's how I feel about you. Even if you just are with, with me for 22 minutes, I am so in love with you. I don't want to let you go. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't I want to give God more than 22 minutes? Why wouldn't I want to talk to him? And for me, it's just like, it's just a daily conversation of like, God, you know, I'm trying to get this house that I'm trying to buy. I really need your help on this one. Just a comment. You know what I mean? Like whatever it is to say, I, I'm with you. I'm believing. I trust you. I'm dealing with major sicknesses and trials. I trust you. You know, God's not like, well, you didn't do your 22 minutes. Yeah. You know, yeah. not legalistic. We are. Do you think that's part of what helped you hold on to hope and just kind of just like you said, that pit bull approach to, to just holding on to the promises of God and not letting go? Because a lot of people just, they just can't get to that place. And what you just said is, you know, it's a constant conversation. And if, if we could just adopt that as a mindset, do you feel like that's part of what helped you to kind of I think adjust your I've mindset? Seen, in this? I've seen a lot of miracles. So that helps. I had people that had dreams that would say, I had this vision about your daughter. I mm -hmm. grabbed onto anybody that would pray for me, anybody that would give me a word of hope. And like, I really believe in the power of community. So I was running to the arms of other people that were willing mm -hmm. to stand with me and fight with me. So I held on, I have a journal, I have like notes, I have little pieces of paper mm. from so many years ago of just encouragement after encouragement. And I'm like, God, you're not joking. You're going to do it. Mm. You know, you're going to do it. So it's just a matter of holding on to whatever God gives me. And, you know, you're a comedian. I mean, that's what you're known for. You have such a, um, just right. an amazing um, platform that the Lord has given you. And so I'm curious of how, because I'm sure some of our listeners could say, how do you laugh? How do you find joy? How do you continue to just maintain this positive perspective even through life's painful curveballs. I mean, there's so much comedy, but that's because my mind is nuts. Like yeah. we were taking my nine-year-old to get uh, blood drawn at the doctor and 
she was like Samson. You couldn't hold her down with four grown adults, right? <laughs> we had to leave. I mean, I was embarrassed. Oh, like, and then her dad goes, "Well, at least we know she'll never be a heroin user." You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the the bright side. <laughs> yeah, like my mind always goes to the comedy in every situation. Like I can't help it. You know what I mean? And so, um, I think that you just have to laugh. You just raising kids. I mean, sometimes I'm like in the middle of yelling at my 12 year old and she'll just start laughing and it like makes me even more mad. And then we both end up laughing, but it's like, she's like, well, mom, you had spit on your face. You know, it's just like these like ridiculous life is funny all the time. Yeah, that's true. Life is all the time funny. So you just have to like embrace the laughter pain comedy comes from pain Mm. you don't want to pay tickets for me to talk about how great my life is you want to pay tickets to talk about how i got pulled over by the cop and i almost got three tickets and i had to talk my way out of it i mean like you know these terrible situations that i turned around if i was like you know what i am so well adjusted you would Mm. not come to my show you know what i mean (laughs) yeah none of us are well adjusted we may look it but that's a great insight is that there's pain you know, that sometimes pushes us either to get crippled or to decide we're going to laugh and we're going to find a new, a new approach to it. I mean, I find so many women just get stuck. A disappointment happens or they just can't seem to put a God frame like you have done around a situation. And so our joy gets stolen. We're, we're stuck in those places. And I mean, you've, you've shared some insights, but what would be a suggestion you would have for these, you know, for other people, men and women that are listening that just might just not be able to grab a hold of that God frame. I feel like that you have to do some things that make you uncomfortable, like talk to people. Um, I think we need to put the phones down. Mm. I think we need to get real with other people. If you're a Christian, you should 150% be in some sort of fellowship group. Yeah. I'm not trying to tell you what that looks like, but you need people. You need human connection. You need a tribe. Um, to come around you and remind you of God's truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I always like to say, you need your phone, a friend, people text. That's fine. I have friends, a couple that are old school and we talk on the phone because I need to talk it out. I don't need to text it out. I need to talk it out when I'm stressing, you know? So find your one phone, a friend, find some community, like whether it's a Bible study or a church or something, and that can really help you. That's so good because I think isolation can be so dangerous. Oh, yes. You mentioned in your book, you're a verbal processor. I am as well. And, you know, the enemy uses isolation to keep us away from community and away from believers because he knows they'll speak life and truth into us. And so if he can keep us from that, then isolated, I think we're so much more likely to just believe lies. Wouldn't have you found that to be true? Oh, isolation is the devil's playground. I mean, come on. Like, look at the people that struggle with depression and yeah, mental illness. Yeah, yeah. They're alone. Yeah, that's you, true. I mean, you're, and I, I've had it in my intimate family, so I know it well. And then they isolate from friends because friends represent accountability. And the devil does not want you to have accountability. They don't want to have somebody to pick you up off the floor and say, I'm going to help you dust off and start over. If you're alone, nobody's going to do that for you. And so the devil is thrilled when we're alone. God created us to live in joy, you know, and it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so not only if the enemy can keep us isolated, but if he can keep us from living in joy, then we're pretty ineffective in our walk with God. I I completely agree. I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, as you've seen this kind of unfold in your life, how do you feel like this is going to 
where, where do you see this going in the future? Like, what, where do you feel like God is going to take this pain that you've been through? You've laughed through it. You've believed through it. You've held on through it. What do you see transpiring three years from now, 10 years from now as a result of this? I just don't think the pain is ever going to stop coming. I've, I've given that one up. I, I'd love to live in a life, lifestyle that God is good all the time and then believe that pain's not going to come. That's a lie. You know, my mother's been through breast cancer three times. She's had 25 surgeries. Like we've been through it in my family. I've been through it. It's a matter of how I deal with the pain when it comes. And I'm getting smarter and I'm getting more strategic. Mm. And I know that it's not God's will for it to linger around forever. So just the older I get, I'm learning that there's wisdom that every trial has an end date. And even mm. if my worst trial, I end up in heaven, I still win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So knowing that this earth is not my final destination can be quite helpful. Oh, that's great. That's a great frame. And every trial has an end date. What a great yeah. way to look at something. And it's like, you know, I work out and I'm so much more motivated if I take the group classes because- yeah. Like I'm on the treadmill and like two minutes in, I think it's been 45 minutes. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking yeah. at the thing, like, hasn't it been an hour? But when you know, yeah. like I can put the timer on the treadmill and I can look at yeah. it and say 15 minutes and I'm done. Like I'm, I can just seem to, to get through it better and be more yeah. motivated to stay on that treadmill. And I feel like that's, that's kind of the approach you're taking to a trial is every trial has a timer on it. And whether it's on this side of eternity or the other side of eternity, this is a blink in light of heaven. And that just gives us a completely different perspective on the way we go through our trials. For people who don't know, maybe they're not familiar with the book of Proverbs, like Proverbs 31 woman is either a real woman or a composite of right. the impossible standard of a woman. And so yeah. I don't know why no one has thought of this before you, but and just kudos to you for even addressing the fact that how many of us as women live under this, this almost like yoke we put on ourselves to somehow be this, you know, standard. And like you said, you add in the Pinterest world and the filtered world and, and we're living with a constant barrage yeah. of what feels impossible. So, you know, like what is a Proverbs 32 woman to you and what inspired you to, to start this message? Well, I always joked in my stand up that Proverbs 31 didn't speak to me because I don't plow and I don't rise early. <laughs> so, um, you know, the title of my devotional is She Rises Late and Her Kids Make Her Breakfast <laughs> Confessions of the Proverbs 32 Woman. And um, my first book is called Confessions of the Proverbs 32 Woman, hashtag hot mess for Jesus. So I think that I'm sort of a rebellion to what the world says that we need to be making crock pot, farm to table. Instagram perfect meals. Um, I made chicken last night. It looks like a crime scene. You know, I'm not on Pinterest. <laughs> I don't have matching socks. Like neither do my kids. So I just kind of wanted to give all those women listening out here, like a little laugh break, some tears, maybe a little bit. I really feel like this is the kind of book that you can read when you're waiting in line at carpool. But if you know, you're single and married, it's not a book for one demographic, but, um, I just wanted the women to be like, this Proverbs 31 woman is the epitome of what we look like on Instagram. We look great on Instagram, right? But if you had followed her around for real and she had gotten more than one chapter, you would have seen her struggles. You would have seen her anguish. You would have seen her imperfections. That's really that was good. a snapshot of who she was. So the book is me writing letters to her and talking to her about my life 
and her writing me back at the end of the book. And it was really fun to, to explore. I think it's a really amazing approach. When I wrote Fearless, um, which is a Bible study I released in October, I call it part story and part study because yeah. I, I just felt like I couldn't even write about these women until I could kind of get in their everyday life, like you're saying. Like what you know, the, the Samaritan yeah. woman had calloused on her hands from carrying this and stooped shoulders and what color hair did they have? And, you know, like what were their hobbies and, you know, they're real people. And I just love the way you're telling us, you know, especially as women that are so tired of these struggles of just trying and failing to live up to this. You know, I call myself a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. And so it's really speaking to me um, you know, you say something, you say that there are two things that we can hold on to, and we should be holding on to a lot more than our cell phones. And that is genuine self-awareness and humble God awareness. Can you just expound on that just a little bit? Well, self-awareness is what the world tells me to think about me, me, me all the time. Hmm. And God awareness is like, what's God's perspective on this? Because it could be different than what I'm thinking. God loves you. God loves you in the hmm. carpool lane. God loves you at your job. He loves you in your yoga pants, even though you never do yoga. Like he loves you. You're 15 pounds over the weight. Your driver's license says, let's hmm. be honest, 25 pounds. <laughs> I mean, let's just get real. So hmm. the whole book is embracing the grace that God has for you. Wow embrace the grace and just to really live in the awareness of how much God loves us. I think if we grasp that, we would stop striving. But yeah. I just think you've tapped into something so huge for anyone, but especially for us as women who just strive and strive and strive and never feel like we're good enough. That is that ladder that you get to the top of. And then dang it, there's one more wrong right. at the top of the land, you know, the ladder. And, and the thing is, ends. we never, we, we created the ladder. God did. Yeah, that's true. Where do we think we're going? Heaven. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like when we get there, God's going to be like, woo, love your hair. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah love your podcast, love your Instagram. Like hmm. he does love those things and they are important to him. I think on the flip side of that, we, we feel that God's not involved in the minutia of our lives if we're not going to Africa. But I think he cares deeply about what we care about, like your podcast, your books, your, your dreams. You know what I mean? Like the, the, your new Instapot recipes, like yeah. whatever you're excited about. I would encourage listeners to in, include God in that. Yeah, I think, that's, I think there's a disconnect. We think that somehow... I don't know, like you said, God's only interested in the really, really big things, you know, and he's, he's intimately involved in our everyday moments. And like you said, that's where the conversation comes. God, I'm about to have a, a parent teacher meeting and I need your grace for it. Or I'm about to do yes. this, or I'm about to try something new, or I'm just trying to hear from you. If we could get in that habit of that kind of a conversation then we wouldn't have to wait for the huge milestone moments or like for me, for him to hit me over the head with a two by four, you know, laying in a hospital bed, like he can speak to us daily in those kind of just ordinary moments. And we, we also train ourselves to hear his voice that way. And then when the really big asks come, then we can, we know how to respond to those, you know, everything is not a big ask, but he's speaking to us all the time, you know, just to be sensitive to his voice. I, I completely agree. I want to just ask, I know that um, I, I want to have you pray for our listeners in just a minute, but um, I, I know you mentioned Hallmark, like what, and I know you have the devotional, the 30 day devotional that just came out as well. Is there anything else that you, you know, would like 
our audience to know about how they can connect with you. And I'm going to put all of your links and, and I know they're going to want to find you on Facebook and Instagram and all the, all the things and your website. I'll put all that in my show notes. Um, you know, like what's coming up? What, what would you like people to know um, about this next year? Wherever people are listening to me, I may be in your town. So if you connect with me on Instagram or if you connect with me on Facebook, I may be coming near you. And I'm a single mom and I, I make my living doing comedy shows and retreats. So if you're listening and you think you can't afford me, you know, I can be bribed with food <laughs> and things. Um, but you know, if people want to get in touch with me and maybe they want me to come to their church or their fundraiser or their, their retreat, that's how I support my family. And it's truly a joy. And if they, um, like the book, my mother reads all of my Amazon reviews. So I always appreciate those, but I'm just having fun doing what I'm doing. And I couldn't do it without people asking me to come minister. So it's that's for, a gift. Like I saw one of your Instagrams was, um, chocolate covered comedy. I thought that was so, I'm like, I have to bring her. I love, I love, yes. I love yes. we do all sorts of events. There's yeah, no is there event a favorite way like you like to minister or does it not like you'll, Oh just, no, I've done no, tractor pull. I've done political rallies. I've done like everything. You know, I think comedy is a great outreach. Like, Oh, we're, we're trying to reach the community. They think church is stuffy, hmm. you know, let's do a comedy show and show them how much fun we are. We can stay up past eight o'clock. We'll get wild. We'll have carbohydrates we'll and have sugar. We'll have Doritos and, and Mountain yeah. Dew. No, but, I, I, mean, I, I think great. there's no bad reason to have comedy. And, you know, um, I love to preach on Sunday mornings. I love to share at retreats. But I, I just appreciate when somebody takes the time to say, yeah, we want to have her come out to D.C. or Springfield or wherever they are. And I, you know, I usually say yes. Well, we are definitely going to look to have you come out here. We are about an hour outside of Washington, D.C. I would love it. Our, my, my husband pastors a church and I was just thinking she, our people are going to absolutely love her. And, and I'm so excited to just connect you with, you know, an audience of people that might know me Thank and now they know more about you and, and uh, they have to get your book. It's just, it's just so insightful as well as, um, you know, I literally laughed out loud in a couple of spots and I, well, I, had to I, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to have me today oh, and I look so forward welcome. to meeting you in person. Yeah, absolutely. I'll look forward to that. And I would love to just invite you, Carrie, to just pray over our listeners. And before we end our time yeah. today, thank you so much for yes. your time with us. Um, God, I just thank you for this day. And I thank you for the opportunity that we have through the magic of technology to pray for thousands of people. But you know, I know what that's like to be driving on the road and have a God encounter because somebody prayed on the, on the radio or they're at the gym and they're working out, um, you know, and they're just like, they're just needing that word. There's that person out there. It's like, Lord, if she could just know what I was dealing out and just call it out, I would know it's you. But God, there's just not a body part that you can't heal. I don't have to call it out. I don't have to say, oh, we hope it's arthritis and we hope it's a, you know, a chromosome or tendons. God, there's not a body part from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet that you can't heal. So I just pray for that person out there that needs healing, that needs a touch from you, that says, I can do what doctors can't. I can do what the world says will never happen. I can restore that marriage. I can restore that financial situation. I can restore that miracle. I can help you walk through the waters and not drown. Hmm. I can help you. So Lord, I just pray that you speak to them loudly, beautifully, gently, and do what you do best, which is just be a part of our lives. And we thank you for your son. He died to make all of that possible in Jesus name. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. 
I'd love to stay connected. So be sure to visit AngelaDenadio.com for my books, blogs, and free goodies. And find me on Facebook at AngelaDenadioBOV and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. If you've been inspired to make life matter, leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's keep discovering miracles in life's messy moments.